0: Hello, Pumpkin Spice Podcast listeners. It's me again, Rob, here to drop another spooky episode. This one's even spookier than the past episodes, if you can believe it. It's another episode of Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure. This time we're hitting up Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Very exciting. But since Halloween is upon us, I have a few bonus episodes that will be dropping this weekend. So be on the lookout, in the feed, for more. So make sure to support all podcasts at bridgeburner.page and stay tuned. We got a lot coming up for you. And on with today's episode.
1: Welcome to Bill and Rob's An Excellent Adventure. I'm Bill Tilley.
0: I am Rob Schulte. Oh. I definitely stuck the R on that one because uh, last week we talked AVP and this week we're talking AVPR. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. And a lot of times people screw it up. Hey, guess what? We have screwed it up in the past, Bill. First movie, Alien. Versus Predator. True. This one is Aliens versus Predator colon Requiem. Ugh, there's know, so much to this title.
1: There's such subtlety and nuance to this movie. I'm not surprised that they even tripped us up with the title. And this this movie takes place a lot out in the street. I'm surprised they didn't spell aliens with a Z.
0: And I'm surprised each alien and each Predator... Actually, I, sh- I guess I should say each xenomorph and each predator didn't have its own theme, and like uh, like the uh, the baseball furies are the xenomorphs.
1: Yeah, although you know, because this is the second one, I was kind of hoping since these are a couple of '80s franchises, sort of that maybe they would have gone with more of a Aliens predators to Electric Killeru, some Ooh. kind of massacre type where they just break dance in the middle of everything, and that's how bow, all the... Bow, bow, yeah. Yeah.
0: Bow, 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 bow. Of, they're just throwing that
1: <laughs> deadly spinner disc that is uh, such a wonderful part. They just kind of do the back spin, kick out a leg, fling it off that way, but nah, they went with a different take.
0: I gotta tell you, Bill, I do... I, if I have to look back at this series so far, I think one thing that... I'm remorseful of is the fact that we haven't talked about the alien spinner disc enough. This is true. You know, that, that was such a, I mean, we talked about it in predator Mm two, you know, when it was birthed into cinema, but man, what a move
1: it is. It's a great move. And, you know, it was a move that was very much a favorite of our guest for predator two. Yes. When, for when we had Blay on, he had that on there, and he really liked that move and how they added a few little lights and a little extra stuff to it along the way. It's just that kind of nice little progressive move. It charts the the progress of these movies. It's as the spinner disc evolves and grows up. You know, eventually it's probably going to get its own movie. You yeah. Know? Oh, I I would hope so. And and it'll just be it'll be like when they're off to college and you just have to let them go. It's that kind of parental thing. So.
0: You know what I'm looking at here, Bill? You you know, us talking about Blay again. Like so thankful to have him on the podcast, but now this is two intros in a row that we have we've brought him back up. That's just the impact he had on that episode. Yeah, but he was I'm, great. He's a video game guy, big in that world. I'm looking back at all of the Alien versus Predator video games.
1: Oh, man.
0: There are so many that Alien vs. Predator Extinction came out in 2003, Aliens vs. Predator Classic 2000, Alien vs. Predator 2 2D Requiem 2007, AVP Evolution 2013, Aliens vs. Predator 1999, Alien vs. Predator 1993 for the Super Nintendo, Aliens vs. Predator 2 Primal Hunt 2002, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem 2007, Alien vs. Predator 1994, Alien vs. Predator The Last of His Clan 1993, Alien vs. Predator 3D 2005, Alien vs. Predator 2004, and then there's still Aliens from 1990, Predator 2, the video game that we talked about, Predator Concrete Jungle 2005, all of these games can't be that good. <laughs> I'm not saying they're, they're going to no. be good games,
1: but there's no. just so many. No. Oh, well, it just goes to show you if there's an ounce of money to wring out of a franchise (laughs) that somebody's going to do it. But now I'm not a big gamer, Rob. You play a lot more than I do. So I don't know. Would you call yourself a hardcore video gamer or just an experienced gamer? How would you rate? Uh, Here's the
0: thing. I think when you start saying hardcore gamer, those are the type of people who like throw controllers against the wall. Fair and like, enough. And, and they get angry at gaming. I never really get angry at gaming. I, I will turn a game off when I, st- at my first sense of like raising my frustration. Like, probably I, probably. I, I love playing video games but I love being able to play video games.
1: I can press pause on, you Ah, know, and it's probably a very healthy way to be. I'm not big on it. Never have been. I understand the appeal, but that's one thing I can see making all these games because that is a technology that improves. So the better it looks, the more fun it is to play. I remember the first time I played X wing. It was great. Now by today's standards, graphics, probably not that great, but I loved it. All I want to do is shoot TIE fighters and hear the noise. That was great. So, it also goes to tell you, as much as Hollywood will make these movies, I think everybody secretly just wants to be a predator or an alien and just go nuts with all that stuff. So, you can get do that in a video game. You can't do it in a movie. So, I understand that. Maybe they should just do those things. Well, I guess they do now because they put gameplay on YouTube. So, everybody is kind of making their own movie with the video game. So, Ah, that's me inventing a thing that's already been done. Well, good good job, Bill.
0: It's okay, Bill. It is okay because you know what? Just like Must See TV Thursday. If you haven't seen it, it's new to you. You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Who's I think I think
0: TV. on that note, Bill, maybe maybe we should get started into today's episode.
1: Yeah, cuz much like that, we must see this movie and we did and now it's time to talk about aliens versus predator requiem
0: I got this predator omnibus wow book which consists of concrete jungle cold war and big game mm. now these were the predator comic books if I this is what I was attempting to buy the omnibus of those comic books but no this is the novelization Of the comic books, which I didn't know was a thing. I knew novelizations of movies. I mean, my buddy Mike Sachs, you know, he writes fake novelizations for movies that never existed. Sure. But a novelization of a comic book...
1: Is there no end to how we won't cliff notes down the world? This is like saying,
0: I'm going to make this thing that you're reading anyway and take away the reason... For you choosing this medium, which was the pictures and the
1: art. Yeah, it's a little bit weird of a thing. But I guess, yeah. I suppose if you were somebody that's like, I'm not going to go out and collect all these comic books. I just want to know the story. True, you know, that would It's reference material. You wouldn't have to yeah, you're right. jam yourself through there. But I don't know, Rob. I think later on down the road, once I know that you're so taken with this franchise, that you'll be <laughs> writing your own Predator Alien fanfic slash soon-to-be released material that you'll need that on your well i do
0: have a lot to say about eggs Mm. in this app
1: Uh, i could talk about eggs a lot i love to have them for breakfast and yeah give me that tiny little quail egg i think eggs are making a comeback rob that it it seems to be everywhere that that visualization
0: well, and the fact that they lied to us about all that cholesterol information in the 90s. But anyway, this is not a health food podcast, Bill. No. And today we are watching Aliens versus Predator, colon, Requiem. Would you like to get into the mission briefing and let everyone
1: know what this film is about? I think I have the encryption codes to unlock the omnibus material right here. <laughs> Typing them in. All right, it's on screen. It's come up in green type. Oh yes, as it always does. Red hieroglyphics. And we're taking our material from the most trustworthy sources—the back of the of the video box, of course. So, and to be clear, aliens (plural) versus predator. This title is not a lie. Requiem. After a horrifying predalien crash lands near a small Colorado town killing everyone it encounters and producing countless alien offspring. A lone predator arrives to clean up the infestation. Soon, it's an all-out battle to the death with no rules, no mercy, and hundreds of innocent people caught in the crossfire. As the creature carnage continues, a handful of human survivors attempt a daring escape, but the U.S. government may be hatching a deadly plan of its own ellipses crossfire it is and uh it's awesome and if you happen to see this poster around uh the tagline for this movie i think wonderful seasonal marketing won't carry you through the year but this movie came out at christmas time and the tagline is this christmas there will be no peace on earth
0: (laughs) you you have to say it in that voice too there's just no other way to do it
1: I miss movie guy. I miss the old style of trailers and those things. And I miss seeing movie posters. So that always makes me laugh. I I think it would have been a great job to just be tagline guy.
0: Oh, that would be great. You know, I was very happy. I don't see this much, or maybe I'm just watching the wrong things, but I saw a promo for something that's going to be on Apple TV plus. And at the end of the movie, it was like available in theaters or on Apple TV plus or whatever it was. But it was like, oh man, I remember hearing like, when and where you could see something that's great really like, sure it's christmas you know
1: yeah in uh, old time yep it was a good time now on home video for the yes. very first time yes
0: it's okay and before we get into the film though bill that does remind me of when they tried to advertise for dvds on a vhs tape mm-hmm. and it would just be like explosions in helicopters and like the volume would be louder and just yeah. be like experience the performance. And so there is in no way I can experience the performance in what you're doing here.
1: Yeah. The crib sheet, I think for those events just said explosions, loud type, and then movie ad just tack it in there.
0: It was great. Oh man. As we said, this movie is a sequel to last week's with a title that's slightly different, which makes more sense for the movie, I guess, but Bill,
1: Do you have any military intelligence cracking open the yellow manila folder right now? This movie is actually what you say it is. It's kind of weird. This is the movie I hadn't seen out of all of the predator movies to date. I had only seen it in glimpses and it's weird because this movie is a sequel to aliens versus predator but it's really that these two movies are kind of self-contained. It's yeah, sort of in the franchise because it is what it is. It's been disavowed by Ridley Scott and Wes Anderson. They <laughs> both say that these movies aren't canon, but they are. I mean, let's the face Valverde that. Canon. They are in Valverde Canon. So it's it is a straight up direct sequel because it picks up seconds after the last movie left off. So I found that kind of interesting just because. They really didn't look so far beyond the last movie and then just sort of went, nah, let's go this way. What I found out about this movie was potential callbacks were interesting. Apparently, Danny Glover was considered. They wanted to get him back as a retired police officer, Harrigan. That didn't go anywhere, but that would have been an interesting twist. Uh, They wanted to get Bill Paxton in this movie to give him the hat trick on these movies. He was apparently supposed to originally be the diner chef in this movie, but (laughs) scheduling problems came up. And the big one, which I think would have been neat, is the Adam Baldwin character from Predator 2 was supposed to be the military colonel. Oh, wow. Who's the main military antagonist in this movie, but scheduling conflicts kept him out of this movie. Now, so, that would have been something. That would have been something, especially because this movie's a little weird. The Strauss <laughs> brothers, the directors of this movie, Intentionally went opposite direction of AVP. They didn't want <laughs> any of their styling choices. Uh, that movie was very steady, well lit. This movie, very dark. I'm sure, Rob, at some point you yelled out the words relic. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I
0: will get to it. But yes, I did. Yes. And
1: they, in the last movie, as we have mentioned in our review, very soft on the violence, really, even though it was the unrated version we watched. This movie, yep. not so much. They went for the hard R. And very, very hard R. I think they got it, but they didn't really get it as well as they could have. And oh I think my we'll, God. Tell me about it. I will uh, get into that too later on. So, yeah, that's pretty much my just this movie. Is, uh, it's not the Easter egg fest that Alien versus Predator is, but it's. An interesting watch. Let's, and I think we'll cover more of that down the road. So that's what I,
0: I agree too. I think that this is a movie that made intentional choices to be a unique move film, but knew it had to build off of a film they didn't enjoy.
1: Right. In terms of. It suffers from that whole canon problem of the minute you try to hitch your film to some other piece of media, franchise or a specific film, your hands are a little bit tied. And sometimes trying to untie that knot makes new knots to the point where little behind the pod, viewers, this is the first review where I'm uh, drinking while I do it. So <laughs> This movie caused me to have to break out the tequila to talk about it again. Yeah,
0: I, I completely understand. I had to have a big old Sapporo while I was watching. I think specifically, if I want to point something out, I do think it's funny that the predator that starts hunting, the hybrid predator alien is named Wolf after the Pulp Fiction character. And I think that that might be the most depth any character has in this film. Hard agree. And behind the scenes, the Predator-Alien hybrid was referred to as Chet. And that just evokes a whole other experience with me. Did you have any, like, minute pieces of detail that jumped out at you
1: not really for all intents and purposes it's very cut and dry with what it's trying to do but it's yeah but its tones really were so on the nose because i i love the beginning i'll say that because my big complaint with the last movie was it's the monster movie problem you had some cool monsters and you want to watch them fight with a completely unnecessary human story in there and for the first 10 minutes of this film They get right into it. And then it took a turn.
0: Well, I thought that it was going to keep a certain pace with how much it started. And then it like changed settings dramatically. Like once I realized, like, oh, this is where the movie takes place in Colorado. Okay. That'll be cool to see like a predator in the jungle of in the united states um yeah and 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 that would be fun but then it was like well i need to know more information about the chet character here this predator alien hybrid what is going on and yeah the movie suffers from being incredibly dark again and we're not the only ones who say it i was watching a review the kill count On YouTube, and he was like, I have to actually just like put a filter over this so I can show you specifically what I'm talking about in this scene. I know that like movies can look better in theaters, like you said, on Relic, and I believe it, but I don't necessarily believe that this one was any better in theaters. I don't, I don't, like it was, it was actively like hurting my old eyes. (laughs)
1: Like, well, it, it, it really got me irritated at some point, yeah. As the movie progressed, once again, I'm like, I'm not enjoying the human story. So I'm going to focus. Which on, one? Yeah, there's that. Uh, Maybe we but, get to that in debriefing. Yeah, we'll get to that. But as it went along, so I'm like, all right, I want to focus on the alien stuff. And you can't see it. You don't even see the predalien in clear light once no, this entire movie. you can't movie. tell.
0: You cannot tell. Like There are specific times that if you are not paying very close attention. And even when you are paying close attention, if it cuts to another scene, there are some like leading up to and after the sewer sequence where you're like, and especially the sewer sequence, which one is the pred alien and which one is the alien? Yeah,
1: I couldn't tell. And they both have
0: giant tails that whip around and giant heads
1: Yeah, and one now looks like the other one somewhat. So it was crazy, and it just made me think back to Predator, how we talked about how a bunch of that movie happens in daylight. Granted, you don't see the Predator a lot, which is fine. Yeah, when you do see it, you see what you're up against. And this movie buried that lead so deep that it never came out of it. And I just don't know if they got lost in the idea of what they were trying to do with the noir or as films are shot out of sequence and things are done at different times, but they just, it's this whole movie takes place in the dark and it's a shame because how do what do you,
0: how do you be a filmmaker bill and like not even think about exactly what you just said? Oh yeah. The first movie is all daytime, all daytime. Even just that doesn't click with you and be like, Oh, our movie is entirely at night or dawn.
1: I don't know because the. The design and the and the setup of the monster is a big thing. That's what you yeah. showed up here for. They all the stories sure sh- about Jaws, all this you know, like all of these things, were less is more. Yeah, and Jaws has the thing going for it where once you realize it's a giant shark. I mean, we all know what a shark looks like. It's okay. Yeah, That's true. The, the size of the shark is what's when it finally yeah. shows up is what's scares. But now we're several sequels. We know what an alien looks like. We yeah. know what a predator looks like. I don't know why you're hiding this from us because. You're not helping anything. You've made a choice that you want to be known for. You want to purposely go against the last movie. And like that should not be your big decision about how your movie's made. What it doesn't look like is not a reason to do it. What it does look like is a reason to do it. And I don't like the way the Strauss brothers shot this. And once I watched their interview, I found one on YouTube from the DVD Extra. Oh, yeah. They were just in love with the effects. They didn't say anything about the movie. And that told me a lot.
0: yeah. Well, let's tell our audience a lot about the score and the sound of this film in our section called Settle the Score. Bill, I think I see a pattern here from movie to movie, don't you think?
1: Uh, y- yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a pattern forming within this particular franchise. I always like to talk about the music when there's something to talk about. Yep. My new hope for this franchise is that something happens that causes <laughs> me to not be talking about it the way I'm about to talk about it. Sure, so that would same. be nice. But yeah, the score once again I wrote down serviceable but unremarkable. <laughs> uh, it doesn't do a lot of pulls from the old films. It does a better job of it than A V P. Sure, which I did like I can see that. And Brian Taylor, the composer for this film, did a lot of fun movies. He would Rambo 4. He worked on a movie I personally love, Bubba Ho-Tep. Oh, man. That was the first movie I ever saw at Liberty Hall
0: Cinema in Lawrence, Kansas, which is an independent movie theater.
1: That's amazing. I would love to have seen it on the big screen. But he's also worked on the Fast franchises and the Marvel franchises. And when I was watching it, I'm like, that's what this is. It's that serviceable music. It doesn't really stick with me. It does the job that it's trying to do at the time. Stitches
0: the scenes together.
1: It does. It keeps the flow going until the very end. And I will (laughs) call it out at the end because at the end of the movie where you have your wrap-up moment, it switches into this weird... Triumph, space movie, Star Trek sounding, Alex Courage, Jerry weird. Goldsmith theme that is one million percent wrong for the end of this movie. I don't know what's happening with it. It's it's a triumph that this movie didn't earn. The characters are still yep. in turmoil. There's no, we blew up the Death Star moment, but that is the, that's the music you get. And I don't know if he just had that laying around and patched it in or what, but it is weird. It goes...
0: Totally towards everything that is weird about that move, this movie, which is like, what is the film? And it does feel like a patchwork quilt, you know, and that music is just that weird red thread used on the last corner to finish it because every other <laughs> thread is run out, you know,
1: it is. It just feels like they went back and did a reshoot and they're like, well, we didn't have any more meat. We can't call the orchestra back in. So nope. let's just do this.
0: Yep. That and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, we'll get into it because there's a lot I want to say in the debriefing, but it's like, we got these other segments that I do think deserve some actual talking about. So Bill, let's move into who's going to have them some fun.
1: There is a little bit of fun in this movie, uh, but the main fun was had esoterically outside the movie because I watched this movie with my fiance, and about halfway in, we remarked that we didn't know anybody's name. Uh Much like the bridge crew of a certain science fiction show we've been watching. <laughs> it's like, I'm looking going, I don't know any of these people's names. I At think all. they've said it. I don't remember it. And the girlfriend of one of the main protagonists, who I now know, his name is Ricky. And the girlfriend's name is Jesse. So you've got your male, female, boyfriend, girlfriend section. And this is, movie. Are, is this the high school? The high school.
0: Just to lay it out there for everyone. Her and her boyfriend are the stereotypical people that are only on the movie to cause trouble
1: and die very much so the boyfriend well the ricky who would like to be her boyfriend but can't say yes the joke was it's like i said well her name's jesse and my fiance goes and his name's ricky right and i'm like do you think that's a a rick springfield reference for jesse's girl and that was the most funny thing in there oh my god but i do have a real one rob i couldn't help it so (laughs) we know they they named the The Predalien, the alien-Predator hybrid. Yes. So I'm giving it to our Predator Hunter. He appears to be having the most fun in this movie, who I have coined Schwartz a Predator. Yeah. Because he he basically takes on the Arnold role in this movie for me. He's a a detective. He's an assassin. He's a killer. He's kind of like Batman, which is ironic, because Batman fought a Predator in the comics, which would have made a better movie yeah yeah i think he's just he's out there doing his job why he's there and why there's only one of them i'm sure we'll get to later but (laughs) he's my choice for the guy who's having or the person in this movie who's having the most fun the creature in this movie
0: true chet chet's getting it um yeah mine was between wolf or chet and i think we're gonna have to go daily double here bill i mean how is that alien not having the most fun it's the only one of its kind. This is a limited time only situation for me. But I will say a runner-up has to be the government official that's like, finally, I get to drop a nuke. Finally. Oh. It's <laughs> never gonna happen. I'm the one who gets to do it. And he's, it, yeah. it's on my own country soil. Uh, okay, but like I'm it's for the greater
1: good. I, yeah, I I that was yeah, this guy's got to be thrilled to be like, I finally got that speech I've had locked away in my desk to yeah. explain why we just set off a nuclear bomb on it's American been soil.
0: Every year. Yeah, every it's, year since 1950. Yeah,
1: it's fine. Nothing to see here. You know, we just took the one we told about Valverde. We crossed out Valverde. We rode yeah. in Colorado. Everything's great.
0: This is actually an elaborate DARE operation to eliminate the marijuana sales for the majority of the United
1: States of America
0: <laughs> dropping a nuke on Colorado and saying it was an alien invasion.
1: Yeah, no there's no John Denver fans in this movie. No. There Bino, Rocky mm-hmm. Mountain High, we blew it sky high. And I love the fact that it's all they really troped it up because the command room for this general of course you know when they're sending the flight out we still get the the asteroid fettline line vector artwork that shows the, the planes and the bombs. And I laughed out loud when I looked at the map that showed this uh, town and they drew a circle around it and it said 200 kilotons. <laughs> they hadn't said at that point that they were going to bomb the town. Yeah. Yeah. But that kind of really flushed out the whole notion of what was going on. Right. Have in intentions. Intentions. <laughs> Yeah, so no I'm sure that's exactly how the military does it. They just have like a a French curve and a circle drawer that's like, put your pencil here, make a circle. That's 200, put it here, it's 300. Yeah, we're good to go.
0: And like, don't even worry about potential fallout for the rest of the country. Now, Bill, that was fun. And it probably was that guy, now that I think about it. But there is another segment of the show that we call Playback Time, Playback time is the scene that we would watch again or potentially maybe show someone else if we're like, you should watch this movie. I'm going to X that one off of this list because I don't think I'm going to... If someone wants to watch AVP colon R, then um, that will be a decision they have made themselves. I don't need to help encourage that decision. But there are plenty of reasons to watch this film. Sure. I would say that my playback time scene, though, if I were to go back and watch a scene, I would... So there's a couple things I want to talk about here, but the scene itself, I think, would be the sewer fight, but I would need it to be brighter. I like want to see what's going on, but from mm-hmm. what I could gather, it looked very, very cool. So that's why I would, I would play it again. I would pl- roll it back, maybe. Brighten it up. Turn that knob. But... I wrote down something that I feel like this is the only place it can fit. And I hope we can discuss it before I hear your playback time. No, I'm sure we can. Um, Thank you. So all of the non-alien scenes where we see, like, the woman who's got a war vet husband or the cops or the high school kids or college kids or whatever, all of these, like, non-alien scenes... I have a hard time explaining explaining it, but they're too smooth, and it was like a very specific film style for this mid two thousands, right? Like mm-hmm. the remake of a Nightmare on Elm Street, and like the remakes of of just that era. You know, I, I don't remember when I didn't actually see the Friday the Thirteenth remake, but specifically that Nightmare on Elm Street this film not quite the faculty the faculty still felt grainy and i guess this has got to be the switch to digital but at the end of the day it reminds me of early 90s movies that were shot on tape you know they looked like movies because the camera technology was movie
1: technology but they were so high quality they looked low quality Well, i'm glad you said it because something was bugging me about that and now that you've mentioned the quality of the image, I guess that's true. It looks very oddly enough, and I know this is the wrong way to put it, it's filmed. It's really staged. It has the authenticity of a federal credit union commercial. Now that I think yes, about it, yes. it's very put on. It's got a little bit of a Michael Bay vibe. Uh, yeah, I think. like a.
0: Distant blurred background so the people pop up front a little more.
1: Yeah, like a very Armageddon look to it. When you look at people in Armageddon, their close ups and everything, they're put in this weird contrast because I, they're all kind of given a little bit of like a hero treatment. Like there's no yeah. just kind of flow of moving in and out or long shots or everything. Lots Everyone's a up hero close. in this. Everyone's well, I will debate that. Well, okay, yeah. But everyone is his shot like movie. a hero. And it, this is our introduction to them. So all these scenes are put in this movie as this human story. And I'm sure it's the point where like, these are the people you're supposed to care about, but I don't, I wind up not mm-hmm. during this mm-hmm. movie. And it's not that thing. Cause we know this is a movie. So it's not like, I'm like, I don't care about people and whether their town survives. If this was a real thing. Of course I would, but their stories are presented in these quick little vignettes. So, and they're so bland and they're so common. They're, they catch us up immediately, but they don't impress us at all. No. And we don't know a single person in this movie from another movie. There are no carryovers. There's no new actors. There's no yeah. old actors. There's no point of reference to even the last movie. This is not anyone from the same crew. No. This is a totally different thing. And I think what this movie suffers from is the fact that they're all ordinary. There's no time in this movie to develop anybody into anything other than we're introduced to a military person who of course, like Rambo is good at all military things, regardless of what she's done. We don't even know. Yep. And it's just weird. It just, it pumps you straight in. And it's like, this is another sign to me of like, if you can do this, you didn't need it. We didn't need this part. And yeah, it really makes me feel like, and I'm going to throw this out here in this segment, because we're talking about these people, Rob Reimagine this movie. I'm going to change one thing about it. Same thing, same beginning, same alien SIF, same ship crash, Colorado, but instead of this weird little small town with ordinary people, crashes in a survivalist camp. Ooh. And this thing goes full so they're red. So like on. living off the land. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, mm. with some interesting people and a group of people who are already you get on the it, outskirts uh, of culture and society and like yeah. play by
0: their own rules.
1: Yeah, and they thought, you know, the government coming was going to be the worst thing ever. They were wrong. And that's your yeah. tag. And that I think really would have been would something be awesome. where I would have been more interested in learning a little bit about these people as they go along versus all their their interpersonal stuff and their family problems. It's like this is not these these are not the movies to solve these Things in that doesn't make me care about you so it was a bummer but you're right it really it really hit me hard that just like now that i realize what you've said that the film style made me care even less about what's going
0: on no it's true the the characters aren't authentic and then to see them in inauthentic surroundings is just like my phone is begging me to grab it
1: you know like
0: (laughs) Just, this is more entertaining.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it really, like, and I got to throw one more thing in there because you mentioned it, the sewer scene. I have a question. Yeah. Rob, Ricky, the guy who gets his keys, throws down the sewer. He's driving like a 1972 GMC pickup truck, which mm-hmm. I've owned these cars. You can have keys mm-hmm. made at any Ace Hardware. Yep. He goes back with his brother in the middle of the night to go get his keys out of this giant sewer. Would you do that? Why doesn't this guy just have no. another set of keys?
0: No, he's got an, it's so stupid. Bill, what's your playback time?
1: <laughs> I had to think about it, and mine is not deep at all. It was just a, it was just a wild moment. It's and uh, Jesse, the girlfriend of Ricky. Yeah. so it's yes. Her death by Predator Shuriken. While attempting to run through the hospital, accidental death. He doesn't mean to kill her, but she's running through a hall on the other side of a fight, and he launches that big metal shuriken, which I still say is a tribute to Aaron Playhart because he loves the big metal predator (laughs) shuriken. That's for you, Aaron. Goes to the wall and just lifts her up off the floor and pins her to it, and she is our first real main character death. We lose some side antagonists along the way, but she's the first one to go, and she goes out spectacularly. Oh, so man. I got to give him credit for that one. They took her off the board in a way that made me rewind a, the the movie and watch it again and go, did that just happen? That wasn't yeah. just some night nurse going through there that got left behind. Nope.
0: And probably good to get out now. Rather die by shuriken than
1: acid blood. Now, yeah, or, or to have to watch this movie again.
0: Hey, yeah. And speaking of bleeding to death... Now, I started off the last one and took us onto a huge tangent. Would you like to
1: start off this one? I sure would. And, hey, tangents are a business, Rob. We're here to talk it's about true. this movie. But uh, it's true. I don't think that's going to be a problem for me this time because put it down on your calendar here, podcast viewers. My answer is what death made an impact? None. <sighs> I have yes. none written down. I'm like, I cared about no one in this movie. And that includes the aliens and the predators, because they don't give me anything to work with on this movie.
0: Everything, nothing in,
1: okay. I'm getting worked up here, Bill. (laughs) Yeah. The deaths do serve a purpose to get them the R rating they want, but half the time I can't even see them, Rob. So all that is just for nothing. And if you're going to watch these movies, let's face facts, you're in it to see some wild gore. And I didn't see it. I very rarely saw it. We saw some gross stuff for sure. But
0: yeah, I think overall this movie is way more violent, obviously, but the entertainment is unbalanced and it's not earned. And so like when they do the scenes that are like homages to other films, it's so not earned. And then like the technical side of it being dark as shit makes everything frustrating how do you be like oh yeah that kill is actually really good but it was uh, you couldn't see it so it's like no it's not really good then because they did a poor job executing that film like that's like the stunt person could have been great and all of the people portraying the aliens and predators they did do a great job for sure the scenes the things that actually are the outcome of all of the pieces put together to make the thing is terrible so it's all for nothing it's yeah, bad. and it really I have is. to agree with you. So, nothing jumps out since so much is unearned. But within this bleeding segment, there's the time when the Chet hybrid leaves like the multiple eggs in the woman, and then like three chest bursters come out of one person. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be the reveal that like this predator alien hybrid can leave multiple eggs. It's like, I thought that. Like, how about that it's just a alien-Predator hybrid? That's pretty fucked up in itself.
1: Yeah, And know? it was plenty to play with. I think they yeah. so got lost in their fun ideas. At one point, oh. uh, Schwartz a Predator whips out an actual whip weapon, which is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Yes. And I read that the brothers, once they came up with ideas for this, they're like, we like that effect. That's good. We like that. It's like... Liking a cool effect is not a reason to put it in your movie, and it's not a linchpin of your thing. It's just not the way it works. It doesn't. No. It doesn't matter if I can't. One, if I can't see it, and also I think well, there's a lot of debate these days. You and I know Rob from listening to other sci-fi. One in particular about canon always comes up. Sure, me personally. I'm a fan of Canon. I don't have a problem with doing new things or trying new things. I don't even have a problem with, if you really want to go in a different direction. It's
0: like a consistent storyline.
1: Exactly. Reboot it and do your own thing. But when you're building a a couple of sequels off of the backs of a thing, like we came here for the A and the P in this movie. And when you make a drastic change out of nowhere, those of us who've seen this before, it just throws me for a loop. I'm like, where is this coming from? This was never a thing before. And it, just because it looks like the other thing it shot out of, why does it have this new ability? I'm like, yep. this movie just—it's—it kind of makes me think of the inventory bag on a video game, which is infinitesimally large. You can carry yeah. anything in it you want, even though your character on screen still runs around with a net, with a fanny pack on. Yep, yeah. It's just not good. The only thing I had bleeding was my eyes after.
0: Yes. Yeah. The uh, on that note, Bill, because I think this will be a good spot to head into debriefing and then we can rate it but when an alien has a face hugger that leaves a chest burster the chest burster is an alien is the xenomorph right
1: but when they do it to a predator it's a hybrid yeah why why Why? And why wasn't this part of the last movie? Like, none of those predators went down in the first movie and they didn't know about this? This never happened before? It just
0: uniquely happened to one predator for some reason. I haven't seen Prometheus or any of the prequels to Alien, where I have seen the scene where, like, a xenomorph skin goes over a human, so that leads me to believe... Humans created xenomorphs, which then did the yada, 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 yada. I don't need to know. Still doesn't matter in this film why an alien chestburster out of a predator makes a hybrid alien predator.
1: No, it doesn't. And I think this it would be a good stopgap for sequels if you're looking at your movie and you're thinking, look, we've seen that and I don't have anywhere to go with it, so I need to invent something else uh-huh. to put on there. Uh-huh. That means you don't need to do it. Yep. So go do something else that looks kind of like the thing you're doing and invent your own new universe. And I would probably be cool with it because I don't know that universe. And I don't mind looking at other things where I like, oh, I see that's influenced by Alien. Then that's cool or or not cool based on its own merit. But if your thing is like, we have to make this movie and we have to do something new. Well, why do you have to do something yeah. new? Why can't you just do something in that universe that's different in a different story or a different place that's cool within? Ding, ding, ding. Make me enjoy it. And instead, we got to just keep reinventing the story. And that just leads to a big old mess of confusion. And you know what it's Rob, we both work on the corporate side of things. You love it when you go into a meeting and there's five new faces you haven't seen. And you're like, oh, oh, oh,
0: I agree with you. I think that this is difficult because it's still fun. I still like watching these films. Agreed. And I still love the knowledge gathered, yada, yada, yada. But like, I don't understand how a film can be made that's this dark. (laughs) What is going on? Who did this? I just and why are there so many stories like how did this get so fucked up? Because the original script of this movie kept, could not have been like, and then we meet these people, and then we meet these people, and then we meet these people, but don't forget about the cop, and don't forget about the ex-con, and don't forget about this. Oh, but also there's an alien-predator hybrid that's being hunted by both one predator and a group of aliens. And it's like, who sat there in the table and said, "Oh yeah, green light that? And then to also have it be dark as shit? Come
1: on. I don't know how they physically filmed it. I don't know. They just let leave the lighting at home. I guess they save money because there's no rigs up. We needed late fees. This what are we rating it? This late fee was a little bit of work <laughs> because we've run a pretty good line on this movie. And I will say I agree with Rob. It was uh-huh. still fun to watch. Now I think part of the fun for our friends that listen to our show is that, you know, they can listen to this and decide whether or not they want to watch it or not. You and I have, we have fun in the whole process of it. So, but if I were just to sit down and watch this movie, my thing would be when I was done, I'd be disappointed. I can forgive a lot of what goes on in the middle of it, but I don't want to be disappointed when I leave. And this movie was disappointing. It could have been a fun romp, but honestly, the last movie we said that about it could have been a fun romp which leads me to believe we only needed one alien versus predator movie
0: yeah and uh, we still haven't gotten it
1: no we still haven't gotten it if you' taken all the alien parts out of both these movies and just got rid of all the humans jettison all that baggage put us give us one 90 minute one time mashup movie we'd have been good to go but that's not what we got so this movie, Had some fun stuff. I can't for the life of me understand how Predators function. I can't understand why they would dispatch one Predator who apparently has flight recorder powers to watch everything that's going on. that mask on. (laughs) And he decides he's going to do it on his own. Then the last movie took three. I don't get it. I don't get why when he flies to Earth, he gets crapped out of his ship a la... He gets California rolled instead of yep. we know these ships land. I don't know yep. why he shot his own spaceship off. I guess he why
0: did he run. listen to human voices if he never used them?
1: He had some cool tech that came with him, and one of the things almost late fee was his bottles of blue goo, which was Ooh. just alien predalian begone, just poured yes. it on there and he builds them it. right out of existence. I I guess that was his tribute to the wolf character. Uh That's oxy I,
0: something oxy clean related. It's yeah. gotta be Billy Mays tool.
1: Anyway, exactly. But that's not what I picked. I picked a moment that caused an interesting conversation with myself and my fiance it was at the beginning of the movie and protagonist, Ricky goes to Jesse's house. He's delivering pieces. He's a pizza delivery person. he has got four big pies in this thing. So he gets out of his truck, goes in the house, delivers pies. There's some angst. There's some bullies do all that stuff. And he goes, here's pizza. 5350. Now this movie, I believe, 2007 rob is that correct mm-hmm. when this film mm-hmm. was made yeah 2006 2007 yeah we uh, my fiance and i looked at the Goes, that's some expensive pizza is they're it? shopping local bill they're shopping, they're shopping local.
0: local and they're also why did they need that many pizzas
1: yeah there's four people in this house and they have yeah. four medium pizzas are they all going to you the whole scene just caused me It was the best conversation i had in home oh yeah so are on a on a scale of one to five those expensive pizzas how many of those pizzas would you give up to keep Alien versus Predator colon Requiem for one more day to re-watch the one 30 seconds <laughs> he liked? Well, Bill, I would keep
0: one pizza so I could have a meal throughout the day or two. But not... To keep this film any longer. The film itself will sit there on the side and watch me eat the pizza. And that would be more entertaining than watching the film again for me.
1: How about you? Wow. Bottomed out. You uh, know we had
0: to have one. One of them had to get there.
1: Yeah. I mean... I think I'm going to come in at the same uh, one. I I don't need four pizzas. That's, or, that's a lot for me, but it's a max of a one. This movie is just, it's a promise unfulfilled at the start. It's like, okay, we're going to give you more of what we didn't give you in the last movie. And then you gave me even less. Yep. So I'm kind of bummed and I'm given, and it's not just the one pizza I'm giving. I'm giving back the one pizza out of the stag of five that does not have the cool cheese bubble and yeah. is nothing but cheese. Like plain cheese just, keeping everything else. Because anyway. this movie didn't even have any cheese in it except for the point where, the Ricky's brother, who, once again, name, it says escape me. The bad boy of the film, oh, who yes. I guess, would be the hero of the film Thanks. because he's the oldest... No, the hero is the government guy who drops the nuke. That's true, because he saves us from (laughs) he saves us from being in the same place to be in America. Hey, if Lee Greenwood had shown up in this movie, that would have saved it. But his last he's going to self-sacrifice. And of course, they go to the the roof to get into the helicopter to leave the hospital. And what does he say, Rob? Uh, He gives the line. He says, get to the chopper. And at that point, I screamed at my television. How dare you, movie? How dare you? That is the worst. Don't, don't. If you're not going to be a good movie and you're not going to be fun, don't take the hero's line and use it as your own. You clipped it in the last movie with the hero. They only said part of it. No. That movie.
0: Uh, I, they, I, it's like I said earlier, too much unearned stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not cool. Yeah, But you know what is cool? When people slide into our social media DMs and send us a question.
1: That is cool.
0: And we like to call it going Dutch because we've given you this whole episode. And now you're giving us a question and we'll be giving it back. You get it. Today's question comes from, well, before I should even say this, I go, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter. We have ways to contact us. So contact us and ask us a question. We're gonna be doing more series, and we will announce that at the end of this series. But that's a few more episodes away. Bill, today's question comes from Clayton in Florida.
1: Oh, well, hello, Clayton from Florida.
0: Yeah, hope you're staying cool out there. Yeah. Now, there's a caveat at the beginning of this message, and it goes, to be answered after watching Aliens versus Predator, colon Requiem. Uh-huh. Okay, so I have slotted it into today's episode. Hi, y'all. Big fan of Uxbridge Shimoda Podcasts. So, of course, I would come over and listen to you guys here on Pumpkin Spice Podcasts. Uh, this is me pausing to say thank you. Bill, would you like to explain Uxbridge Shimoda Podcasts?
1: Uxbridge Shimoda is the company that produces the podcast Greatest Generation and the Greatest Discovery on the Maximum Fun Network and all your podcatchers. They're run by Adam Pranik and Ben Harrison, friends of ours, co-workers of mine, former co-workers Rob's good guys. They do review old and new Star Trek in a comedic and really fun way. And it's a great organization, great group of people and just a lot of fun, which is what Rob and I are doing here. Uh, The main goal, have a lot of fun. So if you like that kind of stuff. Head over there and check them out. Uh, you can also a place you can find me. I'm their social media director for Twitter and Instagram. So if you message them, you message me. So that's yes. what that is. And so Clayton has this to say. I noticed that this
0: movie has a colon in the title. How do you feel about that? And I think Clayton is alluding to Adam Pranica's theory of any movie that has a colon in the title should be approached with caution because you don't know if that colon is because you're telling a, a grand tale that is Epic and a lot of thought has been put into it, or it's a grand tale that cannot be achieved by any filmmaker at all. <laughs> and I definitely think it is more on that side. When you see a colon that they, they will not be able to, Make the movie as epic as that colon is. And this movie is an epic
1: colon film. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Bill? Yeah, I believe all colons, regardless of any kind of status, should be approached with caution. But especially movies. I come from a time where you just, if you want to slap a two on it or a three on it, that's fine. But I think that when you've gone to that level of we're going to put a colon and that's your way of putting your own mark on the franchise. Well, guess what? The franchise was here before you got here. So if you're a fan and you want to play in that franchise and give us something fun to watch, that's great. But you're basically telling us that much like what comes after the colon, my stuff is tacked on. And that's never the best. I just don't have a good time with those situations. So Yeah, definitely approach all things, especially movies, that have a colon in them with some trepidation. Just be ready.
0: And if you'd like to challenge that theory, I encourage you to watch the film USS Indianapolis (laughs) colon Men of Courage with Nicolas Cage. You'll get a couple of half bobs and enjoy it. Hey, Bill and Rob's listeners, if you'd like to hear the last two episodes of the Predator franchise series that Bill and I did, then head on over to the Bill and Rob's podcast feed and give it a follow, a subscribe, a whatever you do in your podcatcher to make sure you don't miss any episodes,
1: because they're all great. We've survived Mm -hmm. the second meeting of Mm -hmm. the alien versus the predator. We're still alive. Ugh. We're we're that uncanny set of characters in the movie that everybody probably pegged for dead the minute we came on screen, but yet still there when the smoke clears and the and the choppas land. <laughs> and now it's time for us to put a pin in this and say, Wow, what a movie. What what are you feeling right now, Robs? How you doing? Wow, what a movie. says it all good night everybody
0: i love a sci-fi horror film with so much flannel it's great (laughs) i love when a movie is desperate to be like when a sequel is desperate to be better than the first because they know the first wasn't uh as good as it could have been um i've said my thoughts in the episode itself it's it is what it is I'm glad I watched it. I'm always glad I watch these things. You know, I'm always, I'm the experience is what does it for me, you know? Yes. And speaking of experiences, Bill, I'd like to, uh, read another message. We got in, we got this one in a few weeks ago. Okay. Well, a few weeks ago when this episode's coming out, it came in mere hours ago at the point of this recording, Bill, And this one, comes from Katie, and Katie resides in, ooh, Montreal. Well, hello, Katie from Montreal. Yes. um, Katie wrote in after we talked about Eliminators. The question has not much to do with Eliminators, but obviously something was on... Katie's mind after we put out an episode on Eliminators. That's (laughs) okay. And I'm into it because... Absolutely. Whatever sparks the question, I want to give the answer.
1: Yep. All right. We're down. does not have to be about anything we've done. Just watch your question, Katie from Canada.
0: Katie says, hey, Bill and Rob's. Thank you for always having fun with your podcast and not getting to... What are you... Thank you for always having fun with the podcast and not getting too angry when the movie may not be shining the brightest light on things. Okay, Aww. cool. I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the question. Have you all ever considered watching any fantasy films? And that Katie preferences, this is like Lord of the Rings or that type of stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's interesting, Bill, because I uh, I really like the Lord of the Rings, but I've only recently started uh, partaking in the reading of Lord of the
1: Rings. Wow. Wow. That's a, an undertaking, Rob. That's a lot of material to absorb.
0: But would you put like, oh, let me finish the letter real quick. Um, stuff like Lord of the Rings, that sort of thing in terms of fantasy. Gotcha. Keep up the good work. I really appreciate what you do, and I enjoy laughing along with the podcast and having my own theories with you guys. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you, Katie.
1: Awesome. I really appreciate Thanks, that. Thanks, Katie. Be sure to join the Discord and share all those theories with everybody.
0: Absolutely. Link is in the bio. Yeah, Bill, I started, you know, reading Lord of the Rings, but my question to you is, like, Conan the Barbarian, that's that's
1: fantasy, right? Sure, that's high fantasy type of stuff, and yeah. I like I like the movie Beastmaster, oh. and you know those kind of movies. I, uh, Katie, I could tell you nothing's off the table, and a little peek behind the kimono on this is when Rob and I first came up with this very first series. We're kind of working within the realm of things that we knew about, so we had the idea, and we kind of ran through our mental checklist and plugged some things in. So. We can only fit so many in for the first series, and I guess we kind of probably hit some of the favorites that we really wanted to share with each other, which is another part of this. But every one of these leads us to something else. So your idea is intriguing because I never thought to just look at it and go, oh, you know, maybe is there more and more fantasy type movie that's got an alien or predator just to it? If you know of something, please do share it with us.
0: Yeah, if we're giving a little bit of behind the curtain sort of talk here, like we knew that Prey was coming out in August, but we wanted to launch the podcast before August or mm-hmm. before August 5th, rather. And so there's this thing in the podcasting world where like it takes a certain amount of episodes before, you know, your your podcast kind of at least raises up in, searchability even. Mm -hmm. And so we thought this idea of doing like predator bubble movies that we've talked about in these previous episodes was going to at least be helpful to be like, okay, what is our predator prep? You know, let me pop that P into the microphone, but Mm -hmm. like, and so by doing a robo war, a relic eliminators, edge of tomorrow, like these are all at least like alien monster type uh, you know, team movies, like somehow it fits in there. And we've talked about this time and time again. So we didn't fit in a fantasy movie there, but that doesn't mean that we don't have a series coming up where we would look at different fantastical masters of the universe, beast master, conan the master (laughs) conan the barbarian mega
1: force circle of iron all those there's a million of them out there and honestly our list that we keep has grown exponentially since day one so it will take robs and i about eight or nine years to ever get through what we've got so far but it's great to think about and even look at so we're always thinking you know what could be the next thing and the other thing dear friend, is when we recorded these episodes, we kind of did in every other one. So we'd do yeah. an off movie and then a Predator and an off movie just to kind of shake it up. And we thought maybe we would release them that way, but you things change, and as you go along, and like Rob said, we didn't want to wait around, so let's get this out. And then the main event would be the Predator thing. So if any of you out there are in podcasting, thinking about podcasting, I'd never done this before this much, this regularly. So it's fun to get involved, and in. you'll be interested to see how you're Thinking will change as you go along and you're like, this seems like a good idea. And then you'll shift stuff around to what works well for you. So we would definitely take any suggestions for anybody that's even got a one-off that they'd like us to see. We'd just like to know about it. Even if we don't oh, get yeah. there on the show, we'll probably watch it someday. So
0: we love the idea of themes and franchises, but like sometimes we just want to watch Masters of the Universe. You know, and maybe that'll just pop in there. You never know. Uh, Maybe We do a whole
1: Frank Langella series. Who knows? That's what happens. We just we like the idea of a theme. That way it's not too restrictive so that we can get to all these different kind of things and not have to wait around. And then you guys also don't have to listen to an all sci fi series of things or an all horror or an all comedy, any of that kind of stuff. So, you know, we don't watch movies that way. So we don't want to talk about them that way. We want to do this. But I will be
0: uh, still plotting my Planet of the Apes franchise, and I'm going to sneak it up on you, Bill. You don't even know when it's coming.
1: Oh man, I can't wait to do the Going Ape series with you, Rob. (laughs) And and you know, we'll we'll record a Planet of the Apes, and then we'll record in any which way but loose. (laughs) Stinker, let's loose. Yeah, and then we'll do it'll be great beneath the Planet of the Apes, and then you know we're going to go back over, and we're going to do Congo. It'll be (gasps) virtual reality. I know. It'll be madness. It'll be great. (laughs) Wait,
0: no. Congo, I think it was virtual reality in the book, but then it became like the diamond laser guns. No, in the movie, it is VR. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, when we watch Congo, we'll get
1: there. It'll be in the Going Ape series.
0: Uh, And if you'd like to correct me on any of my Congo knowledge, please call the adventure line at 213-545-6176. That's 213 54-5-6176. Now, Bill, there's other things people can do, like join our Discord, or they can support our podcast at billandrobs.gumroad.com, or they can write us letters at billandrobs.gmail.com. I, I still want to tell people to call that Adventure Line, though.
1: The Adventure Line is worth it, everybody, because what you don't know is the Adventure Line is located downtown on top of a hospital that has been destroyed. But yet when that phone rings and it's an actual rotary phone with one button that has to be picked up by a human, when it does ring, Rob starts at one end of the roof and I start at the other end of the roof. And then we charge forward just like the predator and the alien. And then we fight for supremacy over who gets to answer that phone. And we Uh, do that every time you call.
0: it's, It's not tough. We enjoy doing it. But yeah. just know that it is a feat to answer that phone. It is, but it's not a feat for you to call that number or just click the link to have to leave a message in the show description. All of these things can be found in the show description, the Discord, the one-time tip, the 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 support. We love that financial support. Oh yeah, um, and, and
1: unlike things today, we give you the product first, and yes. then you pay if yes. you feel so inclined. We're not. Guess what? As little as one dollar. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. No subscriptions, no taking it out of your wallet when you're not looking every month. We give you the goods first, and hopefully you like them. And any support that you can give is very much appreciated. People love the goods, man. Mm-hmm. They do. We give them uh, the goods. Speaking
0: of goods, there are some good folks that we should say thank you to. The First and foremost, you know, we kind of switch this up every single time. I want to say thanks to Patrick. Patrick is helping us edit these episodes. He started doing a lot more with them and once once the xenomorphs arrived, Patrick was arriving in his own spaceship to help us. If you join the Discord and ask for Patrick, he will give you a link to his podcast, which is a very niche sports podcast that uh hey, everyone loves a little support, right? Mm-hmm. Um what you can also do is join us in saying thank you to Mrs. Columbo, who has been doing some QA checks on our episodes. We finish the edits between Bill, myself, and Patrick. We go, I think this one gets a thumbs up. She listens to the episode and says, you know what? You didn't talk enough about the explosions. Bill, Rob, get back in the studio now and talk about the GD explosions
1: and the she- GD garden lamps. She's a firm taskmaster, but fair and always correct. So
0: Everything to serve a perfect episode. Yes. You know? Uh, Bill, what else do we got? We got Draxium and Dr. Z. What did they do?
1: Well, uh, they came out of their spaceship with some rock and extraterrestrial tunes that put the stamp on this show that you and I do. They do our theme music. They do our interstitials. It's great. They did a great oh, yeah. job. Uh, All I wanted was for that to rock and they came through in spades and please go check out their band camps. Links are in the description. Check out their other stuff. They're they're great. So just give them a listen.
0: Oh, yeah. I I imagine Draxam and Dr. Z jamming into eternity on whatever spaceship is on every single Boston album.
1: Yeah, that would be amazing. I, I think that's exactly the kind of heavy metal animation we need when eventually we do a live show in 2028 and we have them on stage. That's how yep. we'll do it. I agree.
0: Uh, final thank you goes to Jothan, who did our podcast art. It's just better and better every time I look at it. And you know, I mean, I'm not going to do this, but you know if we're like, I think we need to add another character in this Looney Tunes circle, he'd do it. But he I'm would. only going to, I'm only, I'm waiting for that for the very special ask. You know, you it, it can't just be willy nilly,
1: you know. No, no, we respect him too much for that. And he's put his stamp on the show. He's give us our look. And I want that look to live for a long, long time. So thank you very much for that art. That was, a, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. And thank you, Bill, for another fantastic episode. We're reaching, you know, we're almost to the end of this series, brother. Uh, of, of season one, as it were. What, two more episodes? That's Yeah. Then, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, and Bill, the end of this episode marks, well, the release of this episode marks the day I am flying to your neck of the woods. Oh. Because you're about to get hitched. And let me tell you, i am so glad that we have worked ahead so far on these episodes because after avpr we've got the p and then we've got P's. everyone Mm -hmm. gets it we know what we're talking about here and you're on you're you're on what we're calling wedding sabbatical after that because you need a couple weeks to friggin breathe
1: yeah we're gonna kind of do the born thing where I'll tap out for a little bit and then somebody will come in. Although they won't be. Rob's not going to call them ill. We'll see. We'll We'll see see
0: what happens. We've got two more episodes before we're even close to that. But what I do want to entice the folks with is that there are some fun surprises coming once we finish the Predator series and before we start the next series.
1: Yep. The series no. is racing towards an end. I'm racing towards getting married. Rob's is racing towards Ohio. I'm not <sighs> sure how this is. This is going to be quite the collision of, of things coming together at one point. So it's going to well, be epic. Uh,
0: set your watches, everyone, because it's it's happening. It anyway, is. Bill, we've got another episode next week with The Predator. The Predator. The one and only Predator. How can it different from? How can it be any different than the movie that's just titled Predator? I guess we'll find out next week, and uh, I'll see you then, buddy. All right, see you, Robs.